Hi, and welcome to Blissful Spinster. This week's guest is producer and casting director, Caroline Liam. Caroline lives in Los Angeles and has worked as a casting director for over 20 years. She's cast studio features, independent films, television series, and pilots for Paramount, 20th Century Fox, Disney Studios, Sony, Warner Brothers, ABC, CBS, and NBC. Caroline has worked with many prominent producers and directors, including Lauren Schuler Donner, David Goyer, John Turtletaub, and Jen McGowan, to name a few. And during her time working for the casting department at Disney Studios, she oversaw the casting for such projects as Gone in 60 Seconds, Pearl Harbor, and Gangs of New York. Caroline is also a sought-after audition coach and acting teacher who's been a guest professor at several prestigious programs, including the Juilliard School and NYU Tisch. Recently, Caroline has decided to use her extensive knowledge and skills in casting and try her hand at producing, a fact that makes me super happy as she's one of my producers on Alone Girl. Yes, you've guessed it. You've stumbled on one of my Checking In on Alone Girl's Journey episodes. Caroline and I have known each other since grad school, and we've remained close friends and collaborators throughout the years. During our chat, we'll catch you up on who Caroline is and also where we've been on Alone Girl's journey on our shared mission to make Alone Girl diverse and inclusive both in front of and behind the camera and what's been happening on the film's path recently. So however you found this podcast, thank you so much for tuning in and please enjoy this week's episode. Hi Caroline, how are you doing? Hey, Chris. So great to hear you. Well, I'm excited to have you here on Blissful Spinster. You've been such a help with both my movie, Alone Girl, and the podcast. So thank you. I mean, I'm so excited about what you're you're doing with both. So I'm excited to talk about it, cool. too. I wanted to maybe start with your own journey and then fold into how we met mm-hmm. so that we start that at the beginning. Because a couple of these conversations I've noticed I've started in the middle of something. And then people might not know why I'm talking to that person. Can you jump around? And- Just fine. <laughs> but... I thought I'd do something different this time. I'm also sure your listeners are following you. So it's all good. They're jumping around with you. So my background, gosh, I've been many things. I was a musician for a period of time as an optician, not to be confused with an optometrist or an ophthalmologist. And I have and continue to be a, a teacher. And I started as a musician, as I said. I studied opera. I studied clarinet for a period of time. And then I moved into acting and did my undergrad in LA at UCLA and then went to grad school. And that's where we met. Yeah, we met in uh, mm-hmm. Illinois. The University of Illinois. What brought you to to that program? Why did you want to go there? Sure. You know, I come from a medical background. And so it was expected of me to become a doctor, you know, a brain surgeon or a heart surgeon. And while I do have a brain and a heart, I... (laughs) I was not necessarily gifted with the stomach to handle such things. So I I just auditioned for several programs and there there were a couple that I got in. And what I liked about Illinois was, okay, first of all, I'm an LA native and it took me out of my comfort zone. So everybody comes to LA, I left LA. And I wanted to get a feel for what it was like to be out in America. And it was. Illinois. <laughs> but it's a great program, right? It's a wonderful program. It is. And I, I've talked to our mutual friend, Adria, already on this Aww. podcast. And you both went in the acting program there when you, she was in the undergrad and you were in the grad school. You know, I was in the technical program and it was, I think to this day, it's still a very good yeah. program, either direction you go and whether it's for undergrad or grad school. But what I found, I mean, now looking back now, it's those connections I made, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. or Adria or any number of people that I still, you know, James, that 
if anyone of the listeners wants to go watch um, some of my short films, that they're littered with people that I collected into my tribe from back in my school days. And I think that's an important thing to learn is to hang on to those people who are crazy and kooky like you are. And you can, you know, even in your, you know, 40s go, hey, you want to show up today to shoot something? You know, I mean, we sound like we're in our 20s, but it doesn't, that doesn't change. That just doesn't change. Yeah. What I love about that is, you know, these are the people who knew you when, you know, these are people who knew you before the rest of the world did. So there's a shorthand, but there's also a sense of family, you know, and that, that's why you see so many productions. They're working consistently with the same people over and over again. They're people who they went to school with, who they lived on the same block with, who they used to party with and maybe still do. And that's, I think that's great. And then they expand it from there, which is what we've done. Yeah. And I also think it's so cool to see that group of people that you're hanging on to everyone's succeeding in other ways too you you, you're each helping each other with the things that you're trying to do or i know you were interested in you know branching out and becoming a producer and so i'm like well then come help me with my film yes i'm a producer but i can't do it all if i want to write and direct film and and it's all collaborative and then you're helping each other rise up together. I mean, I also think that casting, my background's casting, that it's an it's a natural step to go into producing. And you're working so closely with producers in pre-production. It's why not jump into all of it? I love this process where we work together creatively and also collaboratively, but it's cool to be able to shepherd a project from its beginning. It's interesting because your journey as an actor also, like you did, you became a casting director, but you've always maintained both. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved that about you. Like, what was that journey like? And what were you learning about acting by ca- being a casting director? And what helped you from your acting background be a casting director? Sure. I was casting before I went to grad school. So I was already um, internships and working on different TV shows and and feature films. And what's great about having a background in acting, of course, is being able to really key into the actors and read with them and support them in the way, you know, there's a shorthand in supporting them. As a casting director and doing that for over 20 years, I know what that process is. I have a a way to help them (laughs) through it that really supports who they are and how they come to the table and to also advocate for them and fight for them and all of that. Does it also help you when you yourself go in for auditions or do your self-tapes? Do you know, do you have... Are you gaining some skill sets from being that coach and that casting director? Sure. You know what it is? I I will tell you this. I coach actors. I work with actors on set all the time. And then just in the audition process, it's all great. I love that whole... I love meeting creatives where they are and getting them through their next big thing. I love it. And I I would say that there's an ease about it. So when I go in and have to self-tape something for myself, I have more of an ease about it. There's all this minutia that actors tend to, as they're developing, tend to latch onto or focus more on where there comes a point where you realize that none of that's important. And what's important is your voice and serving the story and bringing yourself to the table and being unapologetic and going for it. And so that's what I, that's how I try to live my life and do what I do. That's awesome. And then the listeners, because there's no video, you're not going to know unless you go to the website that, that Caroline happens to be part of the AAIP community. Um, which I love. And Caroline's been part of my journey in learning so much about 
making sure I'm mindful about representation and being there when I write something and I'm like, this isn't something that normally goes to somebody of color, but I want you to do it because that's part of representation, right? Not just telling the stories we're all used to, but opening up your eyes to just giving anyone the chance to be any character you write. Right. Talk to me a little bit about that and that journey, because your journey has been a little different probably than everybody else. Like, I think it's really important to give space. Thank goodness it's happening more and more where we give space for all kinds of voices. I I would say that growing up, there really weren't a lot of people who I could, I admired a lot of talent and a lot of actors out there, but there really wasn't, I didn't really see myself on screen. And so I think for a long time, I had put off getting my degrees and I thought, okay, maybe I will just become a doctor and call it a day. I also thought music's a little bit more acceptable, so maybe I'll go do that. But when it came down to it, it's what do you love to do? And I love art and I love creating and I love the collaboration that comes with it. And that's why I love working with you and with BD and with our team as well. And I went through a program where I was the only Asian person in the program. There's that. And then even in undergrad, there were very few of us. So it's, I think there's one conversation where it's about, let's give people more opportunities. There's a conversation about, we can't find them. We can't find these actors. The reality is they're there and they're trained. They just haven't been given as many opportunities. And we see that's changing over and over again. And so we need to meet them differently and support them and get them to where you know they need to be in order to be contenders. And that's how Happening. Yeah, and there's also seek them out. Don't be lazy. Yes, please. Yeah, I just finished a national search for talent and it was no stone unturned everywhere. Anyone who thought they were right for the role, I had them self tape and I watched thousands and it was great. And we found our person and she's got a really interesting background. She's an interesting human being. That's the other part of it. You're still, you're studying your, your craft, but you're still going out there and living a life. And it's really exciting. Well, and that's great because she can pull all of that into whatever the performance is. I do, I was watching a clip from, I think Jimmy Fallon and they, I can't remember cause, cause she's brand new on the scene. So I don't remember her name, but she's Southeast Asian, I think, but she just started in Miss Marvel. Oh, I love her. The show. And she was telling him how she found out about the audition. I don't know if you know the story, but they put out, and I think I actually remember posting this post. I didn't know what it was for. It was just this random Disney is looking for an Indian or Southeast Asian. I don't exactly how they put it actress between the ages of 16 and 20 or something like that mm-hmm. and so I think it was like an uncle or someone like texted her going hey look like she wasn't in it and, and said you should do this you know she's like looked like a scam thing but she did it and lo and behold stage after stage from an Instagram post she's now on a Disney plus series that's a Marvel series and part of that universe and will probably end up in movies too I love that we're talking about Iman Vellani and what I love about her story also is that she is of the world of the Marvel world like she this girl is she is she knows all the players she understands the characters she knows the backstory so it's fascinating when she's right for the role, but she's right for the role in so many ways. Yeah, she's a fan. She has, and it's actually a little bit Tom Holland was as well. Like Mm. Tom Holland, I think there's like some clip from when he's 11 and they asked him what he wanted to do. And he goes, maybe play Spider-Man someday. And then there's a photo of him in a Spider-Man getup for Halloween. She has the same thing. She would dress up as Miss Marvel for Halloween. Love it. Before she ever played Miss Marvel. And so the fan has now become the part. 
And isn't that beautiful? I just love that story and that they weren't lazy. They went out and searched, yeah. right? That's also part of, I think for any project, you would hope that everyone would really go out there globally and just say, hey, here, here's this opportunity. We're, we're looking for you. Where are you? Yeah. And that's, I just love mm-hmm. those stories. And I, I like that we're, for, for a lone girl, we're you knew this from the beginning. I'm like, I want the lead to be someone of mixed mm-hmm. background, despite the fact that the story is really about me. My heart's in that every page of that script, but it's a woman's story. It's not a white woman's story. It's a story that every woman, no matter what background you're in, are going to relate to. And I want to, in a very real way, make a point of that. And I mean, I would love it if we reach Sophie Okonedo and she wants to do it. And I'm going to be manifesting that. And we do have contact ready to go. But of course, we've got other pieces we're putting together. You know, and that's the thing that you and I are learning on this journey, especially from BD. Um, And I would say probably Mark Halloran, our lawyer as well, who's very well versed in all of this. And that's the thing, you put a team together and you have to find the best people to come along with you that can teach you along the way as well. Because this is my first film as a writer, director, like feature. And despite knowing a lot about producing and everything else in other mediums, film is new. And of course, it's hard to get that money. (laughs) (laughs) right and it's especially hard for a woman in her 50s telling a story about a woman in her late 40s and early 50s you know that's what we found but I have a feeling I've got a feeling like I think we're closer and getting closer and closer but yeah back to you know Sophie Okonedo would be such a perfect person to play Sam the lead and you're the person who brought her Mm -hmm. to light to me and as I looked at her more and I um I tend to for the listeners out there if they're wondering what I tend to do when I cast it's either someone I know who I get a feeling can play that role it's often like with my shorts or in this case oftentimes when I come to you Caroline I go what about this person some most of the time it's because I've also not just seen something they've done but I I tend to sit and I'll go in this rabbit hole of watching interviews they've done all kinds whether it's hot ones which gets you a really naturalistic because nobody can uh, act while they're eating a hot wing since she had this really great interview that she did with an old friend of hers that the National theater did a series Mm -hmm. in London while they were closed for quarantine with actors that had been or directors or whatever. And she was talking to someone who was a director. I can't remember his name. And in it, she said, he asked her why she hadn't done more lead type roles. He goes, I don't know, but maybe it's, she basically said, maybe it's the color of my skin. But this woman has an Oscar nomination, an Emmy nomination. She won a Tony. She's got an additional Tony nomination. No reason that she hasn't been offered that. And I would love to be that vehicle for her to shine and for other actors to kind of rally around hopefully when we get that but those are decisions that what I love is that you and I have been able to collaborate along with BD to make those decisions and to consciously choose to make this film our choices be made with awareness yeah I love everything that you brought up because you're talking about intention you're talking about strategic collaboration you're talking about the key word is collaboration I mean look when I read the script years ago I, I loved it then and you know to see all the different iterations over time and how it has grown since then grown and deepened and even from the table reads that we've done with it and just the different the different people we've talked about playing the different roles what's been great conversation within it all is exactly what you said like it's not about let's check the box on who we're going to fit into this so we can that HR kind of thing it's always been about where is the spirit and the vibe of this human human being it's always been about the human 
humanity and the humor uh, in the piece. And I think the humor is ridiculous. It's so fun. And I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a movie called Beginners that Mike Mills um, mm. wrote and directed. And for listeners out there who haven't seen it, find it and watch it. It's got Ewan McGregor and Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer won the the uh, Oscar for it. And I believe Mike Mills won an Oscar for the script. If, if he didn't win it, he was nominated for it. And the script, which you can find online for screenwriters listening, is just go read it. And what you'll notice is super, super close to what he ended up filming on screen. There's very little that is cut or changed. And the way he wrote his... The reason I... One of the reasons I had it as an inspiration is because it's got these really transitional, interesting transitional elements to it that are born from the lead character, Ewan McGregor's job. So he's a graphic designer that designs album covers, basically, for bands. And all of the transitional elements are these interesting, really visual things that you could imagine are coming from Ewan McGregor, who has also got some VO. Now, I don't have VO in my movie because I'm. it just didn't feel right to me. I wanted to be able to communicate what was going on with Sam in a more, I don't want to say more clever, but I think that's what I was thinking in my head. It's just different. So when I watched that, I was like, okay, so what is, she's a writer. She's a, what can I do it's not just her sitting writing with a pen or a, or on a computer and then you hear what she's writing or whatever. And um, and then my friends, so my friend growing up, her name's Nayeli, whose name is also in my script because I love her name. It's a beautiful name. So she's one of the characters. But Nayeli is a fantastically talented visual artist and writer in her own right. And she started years ago on her Instagram page, she started putting up photos before you've ever seen it. Cause now you see it here and there, you see this like a little square with typed um, notes on it from a typewriter, but she was actually typing them on a typewriter, I believe. And she was, she called it a story in a sentence. And so most of those sentences in the script come from Nayeli that I repurposed after talking to her and asking her, I just feel that collaboration is also something when the movie gets made that she can now publish a book. And cause the, the, the agreement I made with her and I was very careful and I'm like, I want to make sure she retains all the rights to these and that she can continue on with this because they come from a book she thought of, of publishing with a really funny name with one of the sentences about a cat, oddly enough, um, and serendipitously enough. For the listeners, there's th- these sentences. She has this art project, and those sentences very much tell the story of what's going on with Sam emotionally um, at any given moment in the script. And it's a very clever, if I do say so myself, I sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but hey, girl. I just, I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea yeah. of figuring out a way to communicate what's a very internal thing, which is how do we want to relate to the world and others, whether we're, you know, cisgendered or gay or LGBTQ or IA or any of those things, a lot of those decisions and the way you present yourself, you know, start in an internal fashion. And so how how do you communicate that without either VO or having the character turn the camera, which of course Fleabag did so immensely well, and I'm not knocking it. I loved what she did with that. It just wasn't, I, I needed to find the way I was going to do it in the script. Sure. You know, and that table read you mentioned helped on my journey of figuring out, you know, and all of the actors you pulled together were wonderful. And I still, to this day, think of that young actress you had come in, play the hostess, 
who wrote you that really lovely note you shared with me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So she was, she's, I want to say she was 22, 23, yeah. she was yeah. something like that. And she wrote, she thanked me because the script, she hasn't been in many relationships, if at all, and had been wondering about her own self, like whether there was something wrong with herself. And she said, thank you for showing me about love and romance in a different way. And that love can come in many different ways, basically. And that's exactly what I wrote this for. And I cried. You did. I think I called you while I was crying. Like, <laughs> because to me, I've been asked several times while pitching this to try to get the funding going or whatever. And I get asked often, what does success mean to you? And success is that. It's exactly that. If I can touch even one or two people so that they can see themselves or see that their journey doesn't need to be the boxes that society has put out for us, which is basically we're supposed to be seeking out a relationship and be in one. And as women, that's how we find our happy. And you and I both know we're very, very happy without that. And uh, it's just not something that we're not defective. We're not anything. We're just happy the way we are. And why can't we all just understand each other that way? Well, we're all just doing our life. Yeah. And I think we're all connected anyways. So we connect the way we connect and we move forward the way we move forward, but it's all energy and it's all positive. It's all love. It's all good. Yeah. And that's one of the purposeful things I did in that script is that character who is single has a whole lot of friends, you know, and I've been very mindful in that, which I'm sure you picked up on right away, but most of those characters have very like intentional names. It's not a bunch of white people right. that she's friends with. And that's also intention. Like you can be intentional in what you're, what you're trying to communicate to the readers and to the, to whoever's going to make your film or your TV show or whatever. You don't always have to rely on 45 year old Latinx. If the person's name is Nayeli, she's, shees Latinx. <laughs> so yeah. at least in my mind, she is, you know, yeah, yeah. Priya is Southeast Asian. And I just think those are also, I also very importantly, and we've all, you and I and BD have always had those conversations is, is it's, it also extends to behind the scenes. I'm pretty hell bent on my DPs of a woman. I went out and sought out a, a costume designer who's attached herself, who's um, African-American and knows if Sam is going to be African-American mixed background, then I want to make sure that all of that is taken into yeah. consideration or closed. And she's already got ideas. She's already, I've read the script several times and I've got ideas for this. And, and that just makes my, my heart go because you want all of your all of the people who sign on to have that kind of same passion you did. Absolutely. I mean, that's that collaboration is also passion, right? That's with anybody, anyone in your community. You want them. They don't have to be they don't have to love what you do, but it's if you've got the same passion about the same kind of art, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And I love what you said about the different characters. Obviously, by the way they're named, you instantly have an image of where they may be from. But what I also want to mention is that you don't necessarily, there's no stereotypes. Like, like they're not your stereotypical check the box characters. They're really deep, lovely, kind, fierce human beings on their own, which I love. That's one of the notes. My favorite notes is if someone reads my script and they're like, these are, yeah. what I like is that all of them have something mm -hmm. to say that to contribute. I don't know. We're all human. You're not a stereotype. <laughs> you know, nobody is. Everybody's their own human, like entity. I don't know how to explain that. I just, I love, but the other thing I was going to say partly was 
when I said that she has all these friends is I think I watched somebody sent me there's a lot of spinsters popping up in different movies in different ways mm. and a friend of mine sent me a trailer because he goes look it's in this the times now for this film kind of thing and it was for the I think it's George Miller was the director it was at Cannes and it's it opens on this the trailer has this scene, which I'm assuming comes at the beginning of the film, and she's a widow. So she's a spinster, basically, because she's not in a relationship. But it's it's her sitting at a restaurant alone, and it's this giant frame. Like the, she's tiny in the frame, and the room is empty, and she's sitting, and it just makes you feel lonely. Like she's lonely. And I'm like, why are you communicating that? You're making an assumption that she's lonely because she's alone. And those two things are not the same. Mm-mm. And being single is not a tragedy, as I like to say. <laughs> I don't think it is. No. It's like we we can fill up a space just like anybody else. <laughs> it's also not a waiting room to marriage, which I think we need to really deprogram, whether you're a man or a woman or whatever. It's there's you being happy being single. or If you're single and you're happy and you do want a relationship, that's the best time to find it is to find someone else who's <laughs> happy in their own self. And then you have a happy life together. But if you're consistently going, I'm, there's something wrong with me if I'm not in a relationship or I don't want to be single, you know, I'm in this horrible relationship, but I don't want to be single because I don't want to leave because being single is seen as this negative place to be. To me, those are really toxic and tragic signals to be sending anyone, Mm -hmm. no matter where you are in life. I would agree with that. Not to go down the real sad alley here, but it's just when you lose a loved one and you're alone, quote unquote, I'm air quoting this, or, you know, as you said, you lose, you leave a relationship and it's who you are in in it and who you are after it are, you learn a lot and you move forward, but it's, there's still a lot of energy and magic and greatness still left to be had. It's not the end of days. As as every Valentine's Day would tell you. Oh my God. Um, Every rom-com will tell you. Yeah, which is why I wrote Alone Girl. It's a response to every rom-com we've ever seen. Yeah. And don't don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of all of those rom-coms. I mean, we we both watch all the rom-coms. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting here poo-pooing it, but no, we watch them all the time. (laughs) Yeah, and I have a running joke about Hallmark movies. Why? Because it's actually true. I do watch Hallmark Christmas movies. Every year, Caroline will tell you. I will text her going, oh my God, it started. (laughs) So true. Um, I mean, partly because I like to make fun of myself, but I do. I can't. The season starts and I'm like, oh, it's not even Halloween yet, but I guess I should turn it on. It kicks off the holiday. You know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get behind. But but it kicks off the holiday season. And there's something that's just, I like the, the assurance of what the story is going to be in a sense. And it's just different storyline. You know, the frame of it is very similar and, and sometimes it's unexpected and I, I stop and I rewind it because I'm like, that's a nice twist. You know, but it's reliable in that respect and they're always delicious. Well, and I also like, as, as I said in the script, I am, I grew up without snow and was born in a very snowy state, but moved when I was one and had all of these pictures of my family that I would look at because I'm the youngest of six and they all had white Christmases at some point and they were all documented and I never had that. And we never, during my growing up, did we ever go visit our family up in New England during Christmas. So I never got that. So I was, and still do, uh, I think, miss what I never had is basically the feeling that I have every every kind of 
Christmas and, and that kind of thing. And that fills that void as silly as it sounds. They have a lot of great, what I like to call Christmas porn. And so it's not always, it's not even, you know, sometimes I'm just like, Ooh, look at that tree. You know, meanwhile, they're doing some plot point with the, with it, but I'm like, Ooh, look at that tree. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I think we can hold space for both. I think so. So I, I did want to catch you up a little bit because you, you weren't at the last meeting mm-hmm. because you're getting, for everyone, Caroline's getting over COVID and I'm very happy she is. Um, I'm ha- not happy she had it, but I'm happy she's getting through I'm telling it. you for all of those um, people who thought that here we are, how many years into it? And you thought, okay, great. I, I survived and now you're getting it. I feel you immensely and I am with you. It's not easy and... It's, it touches all of us and just sending good vibes to everybody out there who's dealing with this. I'm sending you good vibes Thank still because I'm so happy you're, you seem like you've gotten more rest than your- Lots your of rest. Nothing but rest. Better, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So we, um, Beatty's back from Cannes, which is super exciting. And she made a, a couple of connections, one with Vertical Entertainment and um her slate, which we're part of, went to them. And I know that the woman there was interested in a lone girl, uh, just from the, the basic pitch in can. So we'll see what happens there. It's a little, our budget's a little bigger than they normally go for, but maybe if we can figure out how to raise the rest of it, we can get the, it's 1.5 from them. And then Sony Picture Classics, I don't know if I told you, right. got interested as well. She um, went to some... Uh, like a round table thing or something when people were able to discuss things and, and she met the development person from there or the acquisitions person from there. And uh, our lawyer happens to have a connection with him. So we'll see how that goes. But I know a lone girl as part of BD Slate has also been submitted to Sony Picture Classics. So we'll see if that, and that one we're all very excited about because if they like it, they might choose to do everything from finance to all the way through to distribution. Yay. And the budget's not a, it's within the budget that they like to work if that happens. Amazing. So yeah, we're trying to, that's kind of what came out of that. And, and it was really, that was really good instinct on BD. She was like, uh, last minute, she's like, I'm going to go to Cannes and she'd never been. And- so fun. I love that when we're at our meeting and we're like, so have you been there before? No, I'm just going to go. The other thing that I love about the script and about our entire process and how we all communicate as a team is there's that feeling of inclusiveness, definitely, and just being heard. And I think in in the world at large, what we're seeing is a lot of communities being overlooked. And they're finally seeing that, oh, we can have a kick-ass female superhero. And that person can be a box office draw, things like that. And these stories and the talent and the people behind the scenes, behind the camera, we've been here the whole time and we're doing really great work. So I think it's it's a testament to you and to BD and to other like-minded women who just keep it going and having a podcast like this, that it's, it creates a platform for people to just keep having this conversation because when we keep talking about it, I don't think it gets boring. I think it becomes the norm and then we can just keep moving forward the way it should be. Yeah. I think there's a lot of conversations to be had, but I think 
in those conversations comes understanding and seeing how collaboration can be fostered through that understanding. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something they can bring to the table that can elevate whatever it is you're working on. You should take, I would say to the listener, just look around and whether it's your friends or someone that you've always wanted to reach out to, people want to be heard. And when you hear them and you listen, you'll, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised what comes of that collaboration. And that's something I just, I, just, I love. And I love that you've been in my, my life for so long because we graduated so long ago. I, know. I, won't, I won't say how, how long ago, but it was a whole other. It's been a minute. It was a whole other century to give you everyone an idea. It's been a minute and a half. Yeah. Keep your collaborators close, build your tribe from old friends and new and keep helping to elevate everyone else with your platform and your own platform will rise too. Amen. Thank you so much, Caroline. This has been great. And we'll have more of these discussions as we move along with Alone Girl with both you and BD. Oh, I'm excited. And I'm excited that everyone got to meet you uh, on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to Blissful Spinster. If any of these conversations are resonating with you, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find Blissful Spinster on Instagram and Twitter and through our website, blissfulspinster.com. Again, thanks so much for joining me on this journey. And until next week, go find your happy.